Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Ben-Murgy. Welcome to Not That Kind of Rabbi. To be clear, I'm not a rabbi. I am an ordained spiritual counselor, but I'm not a rabbi. And if I was a rabbi, I wouldn't be that rabbi. I think that's the logic behind why I chose the name years back. Just came back from a um, spiritual retreat in Maryland, in the United States. Do it every year. It's called JMR, Jewish Men's Retreat. And uh, it's a lovely experience for a weekend. We just have a great time together. And one of the things we really concentrated on this time was gratitude. So I have been thinking about what I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful for some of the people I've met in my life. And I'm grateful for some of the experiences I've had with them. I will remind everyone, by the way, that if they have any interest in supporting this podcast, which I I will admit I haven't been as uh, on it as I would like to be in the last little while, but nonetheless, here we are. If you want to, just go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, and go to N-T-K-R slash ntkr patreon.com slash ntkr and uh, you can donate as little as much as you'd like per month and i'd love to have you uh, as part of the family so this brings me to this particular episode and this episode uh came to me as a, a good thing to do because many uh, lives ago I was a stand-up comic for a period of time. And it was a very exciting time. It was new, fresh. You didn't do it because it was a good job. You did it because you had to. And uh, there was a whole cast of characters who definitely uh, made the experience uh, what it was. And some of us have passed away. Uh, Steve Schuster, who was a dear friend, Passed away a while ago. Uh, Steve Schuster, by the way, who was the son, or as people used to say to him, are you Wayne and Schuster's son? It's like, well, no, they're actually, no. But I am Frank Schuster's son. So at, at his father, at Frank Schuster's funeral, apparently Steve got up and said, you know, this could be the time where I say things, and many of you will want to come up here and tell really beautiful stories about my father, but this is neither the time nor the place for that kind of talk. <laughs> and all the comics, of course, are laughing their heads off. And the rest of the people at the funeral are like, why did he say that? So we all kind of knew our own code of what's funny. And um, mm -hmm. what I come to tonight is uh, being able to share some memories with uh, Rosalind Gallade, who... Uh, for a period of time, was the partner of someone who was near and dear to my heart in stand-up. We worked together as stand-ups. Um, if he didn't like something I said, he literally would pick me up and carry me around and go, Ralph, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I would just accept it. Um, but I wanted to share some memories because one of the things we say in the Jewish tradition is may his memory be a blessing. So to, for this episode of Not That Kind of Rabbi, we'll do that blessing. His name was Lawrence Morgenstern. And of course, being in Canadian showbiz, you're saying who? 
because uh, as we all knew, being in the Canadian show business, like being in the witness protection program, <laughs> you were safe. No one would ever find you. Um, <laughs> but he was a real damn good and damn funny comic. So Rosalind, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very nice and honored to meet you. You too. And l- tell me, uh, when did you first meet Lawrence? I met Lawrence in 2006. And we got set up on a blind date through his brother-in-law, Isaac, Brenda's husband. I don't know if you remember any mm-hmm. of the family. Mm-hmm. So set us up on a date. And at the time, um, I was taking minutes for condom meetings at night. So we agreed, I'll meet you at Tovali. You know, do you know? Um, yeah, Tovali on Bathurst, yeah. Yeah, so we met there. And I think we had a piece of pizza. And I said to him, I got to go to my meeting. I'll drop you off. And it turned out that I was doing the meeting in his condo where he lived. So I did the meeting, whatever, goodbye, goodbye. And then a um, couple of days later, asked me to go to another gig. So I went to Kitchener with him. And I was nervous because I didn't really know him, right? It was like only a few weeks. And I was giving everyone my address you know where I'm going to be and my phone in case you don't hear from me again or something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, had the best time. Like I fell in love with Lawrence on the stage and through cats. You know, we had a shared mm. love of cats. So I don't know if you know that. So the first time you saw him on stage. Yeah. That, that night when he got up there. Yeah. He killed. What, he killed. What was your impression of him? My impression was he was like one of the funniest guys on, I've ever met. I love humor, you know. I thought he was one of the funniest guys I ever met. And I'll tell you, like, looking back, it was one of his best shows he ever did. Like, he literally brought the house down. And I'm sure part of it was that he was thinking, oh, I like this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so um, it was very sweet. You know, that night is very memorable because, like I said, it was in Kitchener. And he killed. And then he came and he sat down next to me and put his arm around me. And I kind of like put my head on his shoulder. And then that was it. We started dating and um, lots of uh, crazy stories. And then, oh, yeah, we started dating. And then he said, do you want to move in? And I said, I'm not moving in without getting married. You know, very old fashioned. Mm -hmm. So that's it. We we moved in and got married. (laughs) And he'd never been married before, right? No, he hasn't. I was. Right. I mean. I, I always wondered if Lawrence would ever get married. Everybody wondered. Like when people <laughs> found out we were getting married, people were like, what? Lawrence Morgan Are you sure? Yeah. So for yeah, people who don't know Lawrence, how what was he like? Six, two or three? Yeah, like six, two. He was like a hunk of a hunk. Huge. Yeah. He was a yeah. big man. Yeah. And, you know, that story I told of him picking me up, he, he would just do I that. I can't believe he did that. Oh, yeah, I know. He... And at the time he was working for me, I was doing a TV show and he was one of our writers and he had, he wanted to do this thing. And I was like, Lawrence, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, come on. And like, yeah, no. he always wanted to do a thing. Yeah. And I was like, no, Lawrence, we're not going to do it. And, and, he, and he kept pushing and I'm like, okay, Lawrence, honestly, this conversation's over. We are not doing that bit. And he, <laughs> He, he pretends to walk away and he comes right back very slowly. And then literally, I'm only 5'9". He literally picks me up and he's walking around with me in his arms. 
and he's stroking my hair going, oh, please, please do it. Please do the bit, please. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And, of course, I'm laughing because, you know, it's Lawrence, right? Yeah, of course. He's very unique. So let me tell you a Lawrence story. We'll tra- we'll exchange yeah. Lawrence stories. Yeah. So, how did you meet? How did you meet Lawrence? Well, he, Lawrence, I was working at Yak Yaks. I had started on uh, Five Nineteen Church Street when it was once a week on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. a buck a night, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, I only did a, like two or three shows there, and by then it was we'd moved into the Yorkville Yak Yaks nightclub, and this was big. So I don't remember exactly when Lawrence showed up and all of that. I just remember that he was there. Yeah. And and he was this really big guy. Um, But he understood the craft. You know, a lot of people would show up and want to be stand-ups. He got it. Yeah. Now, that not to say that there were some people who showed up where you thought, like, our, our consensus was you either have it or you don't. But the, but there was a few guys like Lou Dinos, for instance, who was one of our comics. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah, Lou, uh, when he first showed up, it was like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. He does not have it. And he just kept coming. No matter what, he kept coming. And it, eventually, people were laughing at stuff he did that if I tried that line, they'd just stare at me. But he had created this persona, and he was funny. And Lawrence was part of that mix. So right. here's here's a Lawrence story. Okay. We opened a Montreal Yuck Yucks. And um, Jeff Silverman, who was, I don't you know, yeah. be at a business. I thing. met Jeff. Yeah. So Jeff, Jeff. Jeff said to, to me, uh, look, we got to take this sign, this Yuck Yuck sign up to Montreal. Uh, so I said, I, I, I can't lift this thing myself. He says, okay, mm-hmm. take Lawrence with you. Rent a van, but you have to have the van back in 24 hours or else it's going to cost us more money. I said, 24 hours to get to Montreal and back? And he said, yep. So, of course, we were making no money, zero, right? So I say, how much are you going to pay me? And I think he said uh, 25 bucks or something or 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I supposed to get 25 or 30 bucks. I don't know what it was. So Lawrence and I get in the van uh, with this big brown yuck yuck sign and drive to Montreal. And it's the the coldest night of the year. It, like, I'm not mm-hmm. like, making that up. It was the coldest okay. night of the year. So we get there and I, I have a friend, an acting friend who I, I knew who was still in Montreal. So we stayed there for about three hours just to sort mm-hmm. of crash for a little while. And then we had to turn around. And come back and drive back. Well, okay. So we're driving back. and uh, Who's driving, by the way? I- I'm driving. Okay. And we smoke a joint. Okay. And, it, and it's now, I don't know, six in the morning. And it's freezing out there. And I'm mm-hmm. really underdressed for this. And so is Lawrence. So we're driving and we run out of gas. We literally ran out of gas, which I'd never oh done before God. ever since. So we're nice. stuck on the side of the road and I'm freaking out and Lawrence is freaking out way more than I'm freaking out. And uh, I, I said, I don't know what we were like. There was no cell phones back then. So it's like, That's I don't right. know what we're going to do. Uh, and Lawrence goes, uh, uh, I think I know. Uh, okay. Um, 
<laughs> I'll be back. He gets out of the van uh-huh. and just starts. There's a bridge uh, in front of us. He just starts running up the hill to the bridge with no explanation of where he's going or why uh-huh. and just disappears. And I'm left sitting in the van by myself and I'm freezing, like freezing to death. (laughs) And so finally I decided, my God, like Lawrence is never coming back. He just left. And I get out of the van and I start hitchhiking on the 401. And I'm staring into these cars going like, I will will you to stop. And somebody actually stops and picks me up. Uh The guy who picks me up is a, a policeman out of uniform, on his way into work. I stink of pot, and he's giving me a lift, right? Yeah. And Lawrence has disappeared. I have no idea what he is. (laughs) And the van is sitting there on the side of the road. So it ends up that Lawrence, we're at Ajax, Ontario, and it ends up that Lawrence has Mm -hmm. run to a gas station and Mm -hmm. phoned Jim McAleese, one of the other comics who lived in Ajax. Mm -hmm. And Jim, unbeknownst to me, Jim then drives him back to the car with a can of gas. He fills it up and and Lawrence takes the car, the the van in. And I have arrived at my, where I'm living with these three other guys. And I just crash. I'm so burnt out and exhausted by it. Yeah. And I have no idea where Lawrence is. And then I go to the club that (laughs) night. uh, And I say, I don't know what's going on. And Jeff says, oh, no, Lawrence got the the van and and he took it back. But you guys were longer than 24 hours. So I'm not going to pay you. Now, Jeff was as big as Lawrence. And I'm not. I know Jeff for sure. Yeah, he's a big guy. So I jumped on top of him and said, if you you don't give me my $25, I'm going to kill you, which I I couldn't do. And Lawrence comes in and goes, oh, what are you guys doing? And I said, first of all, you could have at least called me to tell me that you had the van. He goes, well, I didn't know where you were. I'm really sorry. Don't worry about it. And that was the adventure of me and Lawrence going to Montreal. Hilarious. Yeah. That I've not heard that story. Oh, listen. I mean, the running joke with Lawrence is you'd be on the road, you'd be in some city, some town, somewhere, and and, you know it's overnight, and you're sitting there in the morning having. uh, you know, morning being 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and you're having uh, some fries or something. And Lawrence is just staring at your plate and you're eating. And then you go, oh, can uh, I have one? <laughs> no, no, it's like this. Uh, you're going to be wanting all those fries. You're going to you, finish you, those? <laughs> you're going to finish that? So Lawrence, <laughs> order your own fries. Because no, I'm just not that hungry. Just, can, I, can I just have a few? Can I take a few? <laughs> he did that all the time. Mooch All the time, food. sometimes, he, honest to God, he was like, uh, I'd sit down, we'd just have to eat, and he looked, are you going to finish that? Um, I haven't even started. <laughs> that so, is so funny. What do you think made Lawrence Lawrence? Like, what made him tick? Oh, my God. Well, he was a very deep, deep person. You know that. Very sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's like very, very sensitive and very... Kind of like righteous. Lawrence never, ever said a bad word about anybody. You know, he kind of was a very, um, he was very compassionate. He loved animals. Uh, Very funny. Um, But you know what, Ralph? I used to make him laugh a lot because I used to have like um, sarcastic humor. So we'd be in the kitchen or something and, you know, I'd say something or I'd be mad about something and I'd say it to him and he would just 
like literally hunch over and start laughing, crying like, like that. And it's so to, you know, to avoid a fight or whatever, but it was hilarious. So, and like I said, we shared a huge love of cats together. We raised a few cats together and um, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of surreal, you know? Was he happy with his career or was he frustrated by it? Well, at the end? Yeah. Yeah, no, at the end, I think he was, like, between you and I, I kind of feel like he gave up on the whole scene, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like he felt um, wronged by them somehow, you know? And um, I don't know what happened. He, you know, he had health problems. Yeah. He had some health problems. And I don't know. He kind of just lost his, I don't know how you say it, but his his reason, you know? Like, Lawrence is very, you know, tuned into certain things. I mean, he was a loved TV. You know, the shows, all the old shows. He loved all the old car. He loved out anything retro. And in some ways, he liked to live in that era. You know, just a joke with him. We're in 2021 or 2020. Um so I think it was hard for him. I really think it was hard for him. And I think, um, I honestly think that a lot of comics, like as a job, I think a lot of them have backups. Backup careers or backup things they're going to do, either to supplement and or take over one day, you know, because comedy is not a longevity career by any means. So. And he didn't have that? He tried. Well, one thing he did have, he tried, like he was always, always coming up with a new game show i don't know if you know that but oh my god always coming up with a new game show so nothing you know ever took off um lawrence was like more i'd say an ideas guy as opposed to implementation yeah you know he came up remember he came up with the ideas and then it was up to he wanted to be part of the implementation but he didn't realize his strength was much more with the ideas yeah he was thirty thousand feet a hundred percent. He couldn't do and, the, uh, so I'm a showrunner and this is how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So I just thinking, I don't know. I I just, like, I hope he's okay now, wherever he is. I just pray to God that he's okay. And um, I don't think Lawrence, like his sister Brenda said to me, he he didn't have a grudge against anyone. He never said a bad word about anybody. And he just lived, you know? He just wanted to be left alone. Like, that's the truth. Mm. You know, I mean, like not me, be me being his family and whatever. But, you know, he wasn't a big social person. No, no. When, when we were comics, he was one of those guys who was in his apartment until it was time to go and be at Yaks and be on stage. Exactly. And then after the show, some guys might go drinking. He's back in his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a loner yeah. that way. You know, yeah, he it, was. Yeah, it, the other thing about him is he was a very big presence. So sometimes people would think he, you know, you could say certain things to him and that it wouldn't matter. He wouldn't care. But you could really easily hurt his feelings. That's what I mean. He was exactly. He was very, very sensitive. People yeah, didn't and, realize that about him. But then you'd see him change that because his feelings had been hurt. Yeah. You'd think, oh, I didn't mean to hurt him. Because if a heckler went at him, he could take him apart, you know, like yeah. he, the guy would have wished he'd never said a thing. 
<laughs> because Lawrence knew how to take a guy apart. So you figured, you know, he had a rough and tumble. I mean, uh, what he also once Mark uh, Breslin had this idea pretty early on at Yux that we should do a try an improv night because Second City had all the improv people and we were all the stand up yeah. people. So he said, why don't we try it? And I'd come from acting. So he said, you, you do it. Let's see how it goes. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. But, you know, these guys, they have no training in this. So we, I try to do a theater game with them on a Sunday night when there's hardly anyone in the audience. <laughs> you know, one guy comes out and you say, hey, your head's on fire. And you, no, it isn't. And he's like, okay, you, you have to say, yes, it is. It, that's the only way this keeps going. <laughs> so then Lawrence backstage and he's like, don't worry, I'll be fine. I know what to do. It's all good. Don't worry. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're up there doing something. And he comes out and he just stands there. And he's just waiting to top us with a better line. He's still a yeah. stand-up. And yeah. the night's over. It's a disaster. And he <laughs> walks up to me and goes, I don't know. I thought that went pretty well. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. So did you hear that one I did about that for the fire truck? That was good. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lawrence, we weren't mm-hmm. trying out lines. We're supposed to be in a scene. Oh, Mr. That is so funny. Mr. Art. Sorry, Mr. Art. That's that's it. That's Lawrence. That's yeah. exactly him. <laughs> he always like liked to do his own thing, you know? Yeah. And you know, his, his second language that he had. Yeah. You know, different words for different things. Yeah. 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 You so, have to learn that if you want to hang around him. <laughs> so how long were you guys married? We were married for um 12 years? 12 years. We were just recently separated. Well, recently, it was like a year or two, year and a half, I think, when he passed away. But we were talking and everything. Right. But you were separated at that point. Yeah. So that must have been hard in terms of for you to see. Was he in decline at that point? Or did it happen after? No, he was already in decline. Well, no, he wasn't sick. That's what you mean. Yeah. No. No, he wasn't sick. No, he got sick. It's like a year and a half afterwards. And what did yeah. he have? I never really knew what happened. Well, so it was like an, an infection due to diabetes. Okay. And it kind of got infected. And um, see, that wasn't the problem. He got infected and he was really sick for a while in ICU. But then he was Okay. So they saved him. And then he went down to another floor, you know, off of ICU. Mm. And he was supposed to get, he was supposed to be going into physio like the next week. Mm. And um, so this really, in some ways, shouldn't have happened. It was, he got, it was got blood poisoning. Sepsis, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened. Did you get a chance to say goodbye? No. So what happened was in the beginning when he went into hospital, uh, Brenda was the mostly the, um, you know, the first contact. Mm-hmm. She was there every day. And then there was myself and Judy, the older sister, who were going a couple of times a week. And then when Omicron came, my mother f- started to get nervous that I was going into a hospital and asked me, can you pull back a bit? Well, I said, I'm only going a day or two a week. Anyway, so I kind of had to get off the list because I couldn't meet, mm-hmm. you know, Brenda. There was like certain, you could only have two people. Right. And um, 
so yeah so I got off the list so I didn't see him I did speak to him sometimes and the last time I spoke to him was my birthday in February three weeks before he passed away must seem almost unreal it is unreal it's very unreal especially when you you know when I got to the hospital he was already gone yeah so like I saw the you know the body with the, the thing over it and um yeah it's my father died two years ago so that was like my first so it was kind of like a double whammy for me because still grieving my dad yeah and there's also the thing of seeing a person's body and feeling like they're not there anymore like that yeah yeah. they've left that body right i don't know yeah you you almost don't believe it yeah because it's so funny how advanced we are as a society but when it comes to death, it's still so much the unknown, you know? Well, we're quite death phobic. We don't Completely. want to know, Right? Completely. And that's 100%. You're, we're not a society that openly talks about it and, you know, and, and accepts it as part of life. We kind of like push it in a deep, dark closet, which is a problem. And I was read this book. Have you ever read I'm Okay? It's Okay. I'm it's okay, okay. You're, you're okay? not okay? No. It's oh. okay. You're not okay. <laughs> no, I never read that one. <laughs> you should read it. Megan, I can't remember her last name. And she talks about grief and how our society is completely in the dark. Like people, because people are afraid to face it for other yeah. people. They're afraid yeah, yeah. because it's hits too close to home. But after my dad died, I became obsessed with death. And um, and then Lawrence, yeah. There's a book so by uh, families. There's a book by Stephen Jenkinson called yeah. Die Wise. And he did palliative care for 25 years in Toronto, but now runs a yeah. retreat center in northern northeastern Ontario. And he really tries to help us deal with, with dying. But I also remember the uh, couple of Woody Allen quotes that uh, yeah. one was, uh, I don't want to be immortal through my work. I, I want to be immortal by not dying. <laughs> and his other one was death. I get it. it it's just not for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of where we're at with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, there was a whole uh, layer of, there was a few people who went to Los Angeles and made it really yeah. good. Like Howie Mandel and Jim Carrey. and That's right from our group, you know, and other uh, guys who went to LA and uh, and women, Katie Ford, who did really well in Los Angeles yeah. doing different things as showrunners, as producers, as comedy writers, yeah. Howie Busgang, Howard Nemitz, all these guys, like they'd all started through the Yuck Yucks chain, but then they go down to yeah. LA and, and did their thing. And then there were the other, and Lou Dinos, and there were the other guys and, and, and women who stayed and uh, tried to make a living here, which was never easy, never easy. Never. But I, I know that Lawrence once, just before 9-11, was going down to the States to do a gig at a club. And because of 9-11, everything got canceled. Right. So who did knows re- what could have come from that, you know? Did he talk about Lawrence that? was happy being close to home, by the way. Yeah. I Lawrence, wasn't a, Lawrence wasn't a bling. There, He was very understated. He was like, didn't want bling around him. He didn't want to be like, he didn't want to draw attention to himself when he was off stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he always struck me as basically an introvert. 
yes, he was very much an introvert. And yeah. then, and then, as soon as the lights were on, he owned the stage. He was just he just it's exactly out. right. Yeah, yeah. And he and he and he had a real love, like you said, he had a love of, you know, retro. Like we all grew up, we we're all old enough to grow up with the Ed Sullivan Show, and yeah, you know, uh, all the comics that we watched on there, and he knew every. There's this Facebook page of uh, classic American television. It's right down Lawrence's alley, like everything, yeah, on yeah, there, yeah. all the clips they yeah. show. My mother, the car with Jerry Van Dyke. I mean, shows that he knows everything. He knows every show, every book. You should have seen the um, the bookshelf we had. It took a, up a whole wall of videos and books, and he had everything. Yeah, he's very learned that way. Like he was, like he could have had a career in that actually. He when loved his craft. It. I mean, you know, he, he loved it. Yeah, he he was the kind of guy backstage who somebody would try out a line, and as a wordsmith, he would be on it immediately, and go, "No, no, that's right, seventeen, yeah. not twelve. Don't use twelve. Seventeen's yeah. funny. It gives them time. Twelve's too short." And if they weren't listening, you'd go, "What he said? Do what he said." Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Because he sometimes would host amateur night and he was very supportive because he would just go, you know, this thing you're trying, it's not believable. You got to try it like this. I mean, you're telling people stuff and they know you're making it up. Don't make it up. Just tell people stuff that's true. You know, and then and that's one and- of the things that's one of the things, by the way, that's even on his stone, his headstone. He was a comics comic. Yes. There was not a gig that I went to with him where he wasn't helping another comic. Like they came off stage, maybe gave him a different way to say the line. Who yeah. knows? You know, or, or in the green room, there was never a time where he wasn't helping another comic or like giving ideas. And they would go to him, you know, and ask him. Yeah, that's like, why he was, good in the, he was good in the writing room because he was yeah. a craftsman. And yeah. you, need, you needed people who understood timing and rhythm and craft and wordsmithing. And, and he could do those things. And he seemed very content that that's what he did. It's not like, yeah. you know, I should have been a dentist. He was like, this is what I am for better or for worse, I guess. You know? Yeah. There's nothing else he would have wanted to ever be. But it's sad when you say to me that he, uh, in the, near the end there, it was, he felt that it had not worked out for him and that he was a little hard done by. That's kind of sad. Well, I don't think hard done by, but I think he just, he expected things to be the way they were always, but things change. Right. You know, Whole things change. Younger comics change. Yeah. He got older. Demographics change. Yeah. You just have to kind of stay with the, keep up with the changes. But he, but on the other hand, he was so busy. Like I said, he was so busy coming up with a, sh- a new game show or like another, like a podcast. He was always doing stuff like that on the side. Yeah. Because he liked doing that. But just be honest, he wasn't very computer totally on social media, wouldn't go on Facebook, wouldn't let us put anything up about him, nothing. Very private. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't want a website, yeah. nothing? Nothing. Well, that is yeah. a generation. I tried for thing, years. I yeah. I tried for years. <laughs> Were you sort of his, his agent, basically? No. I mean, he, we joked about it, that I should be his agent. But, I, I, I mean, I helped out, for sure. Yeah, he when, was you booster. Know, you know, he also did... Um, he did charities, like he did certain charities every year. Right. So that was fun too, right? He wrote speeches. He did speech writing for people. Right. For parties, which was cool too. 
Um, he did like a lot of different things. He wrote too, you know, always writing. So I've kept some of his books where he wrote, you know, he was like you said, he was an introvert, but he would never, he's the type of guy who wouldn't hurt a fly. Right. But people, but when you met him, he didn't look like that. You know, that's. No, no, he looked like he could crush me. That's why when yeah. he would pick me up and walk or carry me around, I, I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> we'd just be laughing. Like, please put me down. I can't believe he did that. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And it was my show. And he's picking me up and walking around the office going, Mom, Ralph, come on, Ralph, you're going, Ralph. Ralph, a poo, the schmoo, the Ralph, the Ralph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Ralph, the Ralph. You can do this. You can do this. We're not do you- doing the bit. <laughs> Would would you remember? Would you remember Ron Voldroy and those guys too? Sure, of course. And Lou, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We're all part of the yeah. same thing. Like Ron and him and uh, Lou. Th- these guys, once the club opened, Norm McDonald. Like once the club yeah, opened, yeah. guys started showing up. Some of them, like Norm and Mike McDonald, not related, were yeah. Ottawa guys. Started at Howie Wagman's Yucks up there, and then they came. Wait, so down. you know Howie Wagman too? Oh, well, yeah. Mark and I went to the same high school, and uh, yeah. you know, no, all of we're all part of. That's why, you know, when you hear about one of us passing, you realize it's a, it's a very small fraternity sorority of people. It really is that really have is. done something almost no one will ever do. Get up on That's a stage right. and say, "I'm funny." Exactly. It's, it definitely takes a special person. And we had a few of his friends come to the funeral, which was nice. I wish I could have. I mean, I found out about it after I, I, when I found out about it, I went, what, what, what? I was just in Uh shock because I had no idea anything was was wrong. I'm sorry. If I, I didn't even know. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's just, if you don't manage to hear about it at the moment, then you miss it. Right. But, uh, it is definitely a club. So do you miss him? You must miss him a bit. I do. Like, I remember, you know, when couples separate, I don't know if you've ever been separated. Um, you know, there's a certain dynamic going on, which is why you're separating. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's weird. I'm The things that I used to, like, kind of get mad at him about when he would, you know, when he would, somebody who didn't go his way, mother. Oh, shit. Remember, he used to go on with like 20 <laughs> words. And I used to get so mad at him. And now I'm doing it. I'm like, what? something doesn't work. I go, so I'm laughing about it. And um, yeah, I always talk to the cats about him. I always say, Daddy loves you. And um, I know you miss him. And sure. I mean, even though we were separated, you know, relationships are complicated. Sure. We still love each other. And um, I do. Like I said, like you said, he was a big presence. Just knowing he was there, you know? Yeah. Uh, in the world. What do you want people to remember about him? How, I'd say how, well, besides how funny he was, I'd have to say how humble he was. You know, very humble about himself. because Because he just probably didn't realize how great, of the, like you said, a comedian he was, and a craftsman, which, by the way, that's a very nice compliment you said about a craftsman because that's what he was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was very the, nice. I never heard he, it put that way before. He respected the art form. It, it, it oh, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah. hey, look at me, I'm funny. It's just, yeah. hey, I just built this great 
cabinet called a joke, right? And and the drawers yeah. are all moving just the way they should. And when he would nail one on stage, he wasn't swimming in, oh, look at me. He was just like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I got that one, nailed yeah. it. Yeah. You know, he liked nailing it. He didn't like. You yeah, know. you're right. You like nailing it. And I wanted to do um, um, an anniversary for him, like for how many years he was in mm-hmm. comedy, and he wouldn't let me do it. That's oh. what I mean by humble. Yeah. He wouldn't let me do it. I wanted to do a roast. Oh, that would have so, been good. <laughs> you know, he did a roast once, I have to tell you. I don't know if I have the video. He did a roast once for, I don't know who it was for. I, I saw like a caption of it once when we were together. He was so funny and he was drinking. He was like much younger and he was drinking these beers. He was so funny and so drunk. The play, it was, I, I'm going to try find it. Find because it. it was hilarious. Yeah. Post hilarious. It. So Post he's, he looks up, he's hilarious because he lives it like Ron. I think it was Ron that said he's like a comedy caricature. Right. You know what I mean? Well, he was bigger yeah. than life. He was cartoon character. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and then he'd start yeah. doing the, Ralph, 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 Ralph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to want all those fries? Lawrence, get your own food. I'm just asking. We're just going to want all the fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect imitation. Oh, God, he used to make me laugh. It's just, oh, no, 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 no. What are you doing? What do you are mean, you what am I doing? That? <laughs> like, are you going to write something? He said, oh, we're going to write some elf, elf, elf. <laughs> You just start writing. <laughs> well, listen, Rosalind, it's been fantastic talking to you about him. Lawrence Morgan. Thank you so much. Man. Oh, it's I'm my so pleasure. happy I got to meet you. And, my, and me as well. I really wanted to share some memories with, about Lawrence. It's our own little Shiva, you know? Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. We get to it's just. And it's our little Shiva memorial. Yeah, and you know that line is true. May his memory be a blessing. So the way to make it a yeah. blessing is to share it. With That's people. exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and for you, thank you for for um, you know doing this because it's very sweet and kind of you. My and I'm pleasure. sure you miss him in your own way too. Oh, absolutely. The minute I I, I heard about it, I, my wife had never met him, and I was just like, Lawrence Morgenstern died. And she says, who's, who's that? I said, he was a stand-up when we were stand-ups. He was still a stand-up. He was always been a stand-up. And <laughs> then I started doing impressions of him, which were completely wasted on my wife. <laughs> She's just like, well, what are you talking about? I said, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> right? But I always did. She said, is that the guy who you always talk about who you would be eating and he'd want your food? Yes. And I said, yeah, that's the guy. She goes, oh, that oh guy. God, that's funny. Because <laughs> years ago, I would say to her, you know, when I was on the road, like there was this one guy. Like Schuster on the road was a really hard thing to take care of to make sure he's yes kept I'm together. Sure. Lawrence would just appear out of his hotel room, come downstairs, and want your food, <laughs> and then go back upstairs <laughs> until it was time to go on, and that was it. He smelt, he smelt it, yeah. <laughs> That's right. He lo- he really loved his food. He really oh my god, yeah, and he loved he really anyone's food. It. Really, he loved everyone's <laughs> food. That's the way That's it was. True. All right, Roslyn, you take care of yourself. Same to you, and and take care, good health, and um, speak to you soon. 
Rosalind Gallet, uh, and uh, we've been speaking about uh, Lawrence Morgenstern, stand-up comedian, wonderful human being, Mr. Self-Effacing, uh, and a gentle giant, a really wonderful guy. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. has been Not That Kind of Rabbi. I'm Ralph ben Mergi. I'm the host of the show. If you're interested in supporting what we do here, please uh, think about going to patreon.com slash NTKR, Not That Kind of Rabbi, NTKR. And you'll see that there's a donation page there and you can give a little or as much as you'd like just to make sure that we keep going and and find different stories uh, to tell. In the meantime, take care of each other and uh, we'll see you soon on Not That Kind of Rabbi. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Real pleasure. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.